0: Wednesday, day before Turkey Day. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida.
2: I'm Jamie Jennings in Phoenix, Arizona, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for November 22nd, episode 1824, brought to you by Horselovers.com. Good morning, Horse World.
1: Everybody up, rise
3: and shine. It's a new
1: day. It's Wednesday, Wednesday,
4: Wednesday. Here we go again.
5: And
0: away we go. Well, if y'all don't have Thanksgiving plans for tomorrow, that's right, for all the overseas people, tomorrow is Thanksgiving here in the United States. If y'all don't have plans, you can fly up to New York and go to New York City's Old Homestead Steakhouse, and it is serving America's most expensive Thanksgiving dinner at a price tag of $76,000 a person.
2: What? Yes, <laughs> what? 76, no. would
0: you like to know what you get for $76,000 a person?
2: I thought you were reading that wrong. Is that, that it does say $76,000
0: $76, a person. And Jemmy, Jemmy is producing today, hi Jemmy.
2: Hi guys, it better come with a pot of gold.
0: Well, let's find out what it does <laughs> come with. Welcome
2: to your, here's your plate of diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> Here <laughs> well, you are. you're almost Jeez. right
0: actually. <laughs> so, now now everybody knows that Jamie's a vegetarian. So, Jamie, you're going to have to chime in on this and we'll all decide whether we would eat these particular things that are going to cost us $76,000, okay? So, the dinner includes turkey, obviously, but the renderings are done to make the gravy in Pappy Van Winkle bourbon at a cost of $3,300 a bottle. Have you ever heard of Pappy Van Winkle bourbon, by the way?
2: Uh, No, because it's too expensive. I don't hear (laughs) of things like
0: that. $3,300 a (laughs) bottle. I don't think I run in the same circles as Pappy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Pappy and I don't hang out on the weekends. So, you could also have this one, Jamie. You could do that. Oh, no, you can't. Um, sweet potatoes with Caspian Sea caviar at $1,600 an ounce.
2: Barf on sweet potatoes and caviar. <laughs> you don't like sweet no, potatoes? No, thank you. I second that, Jamie. Ew.
0: Yeah, I don't like sweet potatoes either. But, Jamie, you're a vegetarian. Aren't you supposed to like sweet potatoes in that requirement?
2: I don't like mushrooms either.
0: Move
6: on. <laughs> uh,
0: have you ever eaten caviar, Jamie?
6: only um in part of a sushi roll and it has to be minimalized because it just it seems gross
0: yeah okay well i know you don't like sushi all together yeah yeah (laughs) we all know that now mashed potatoes with swedish moose cheese
2: i have a question yeah (laughs) i have a question about this how does one milk a moose to make that's a good
0: question actually Apparently, it's Very difficult carefully. because the cheese is $455 a pound. So, apparently, oh. it's not easy to milk Only 17
2: loose. people died in the making of this moose <laughs> cheese. Milking <laughs> the moose. <laughs> hey, it's, it's a here. You're
4: going
2: to be like, hold my beer, watch this. <laughs>
0: How about an orange cranberry sauce made with whole cranberries infused with Grand Marnier, which I think is what a thousand dollars a bottle? Aged balsamic vinegar that is sixty dollars an ounce. Uh,
6: now the Grand Marnier part gets my vote. I like that. <laughs>
0: So, now, uh, it also includes, now, th- there's some other things, too, you know, because you want orange marmalade glaze at $75 an orange because apparently they're grown in, I don't know, Mars? <laughs> de- 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 <laughs> de- de- Copon oranges. The $75 an orange. Uh Okay, so now the other thing you, they serve for appetizers is King Oysters, which I think are about the size of your dinner plate. And they're $100, $100 each. each.
2: <laughs> each.
4: <laughs> the restaurant down the street sells them for $2 each. <laughs> <laughs> that market we
0: stopped at for our show is, was about $2 each. How about sourdough bread? But it's not any sourdough bread. It's $46 a loaf.
2: Now, you skipped over the foie gras. Oh, yeah. Which f o i e g r a s? It's yes. foie gras. That's how they pronounce that. Do you know what that is?
0: Yeah, that's like uh, liver or something, isn't it? All mushed up. It's it's innards.
2: It's not just special. It's special liver, Glenn. What they do is they take the duck and they intubate it. They stick a tube down its throat and they fill it full constantly until the uh, whole entire. Duck like implodes pretty much, and then they take the liver out because it's such a giant, rich food been stuffed down it for so long. And then after the the duck dies, then they take the liver out, and then they feed it to you. And that's why it's fifty
0: four dollars they... a pound. <laughs> yeah.
2: Jeez. All that's right. So now the I'm other really things you the get now thing, Jamie. <laughs> now.
0: You're welcome. You might think that's not $76,000 worth yeah. And they've thought about that. And Don't
2: eat boy gras, by the way, people. Yeah, Don't do it. It just
0: sounds gross. Uh, they also <laughs> get four. T- by the way, I probably wouldn't have eaten anything on that list so far. Um, <laughs> so you get four tickets wait, to Hamilton. Wait, you
2: missed the Wagyu beef lollipops. You would need a beef lollipop. Oh, I would, would probably you? eat
0: the beef lollipop with peppercorn oh, sauce. Made with Reserve Louis Seventh Cognac at $4,800 a <laughs> bottle. <laughs>
4: Okay. How about you know when I I would try that. That's twelve. That's Louis the
2: twelve. Oh, is it twelve? And also, uh, Jimmy, would you know when when you like, hey kids, you know you get a kid in the car and they're like, can I have a lollipop? You're like, yeah, here, here. I've got a lollipop in my.
6: My child will immediately start crying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God.
0: How about this, though? This is... But you do get these things, so it kind of makes it worth it. You get four tickets to Hamilton, which are probably about $76,000 anyway, right? Um, A Black Friday shopping spree on Fifth Avenue for $7,500. A two-night stay at a luxury suite at the Mandarin Oriental. By the way, two nights at the Mandarin Oriental is $4,300. Um... A limousine for travels and a guided tour of the city. Dance lessons at Fred Astaire studio and a $260 carriage ride through Central Park. Oh, and you also get a $20,000 Ulysses, Ulysses norden watch. And I think if you can't say the name of it, you probably shouldn't be even talking about it. $20,000 for I
2: think this <laughs> sounds terrible. Like, I'd be like, okay, <clears throat> here's the thing. For $76,000, I can have this wonderful... Can you minus the $3,300 for the turkey renderings? Take out the sea caviar at $1,600. I would like the moose cheese, just to say I had it. But you can take (laughs) out the $105 a pound turkey, and I would like to try a $75 orange. Leave that in there. Take out the foie gras, add double the sourdough bread, and then I'll take the tickets to Hamilton. You can have your shopping spree. And I would like to stay at the Mandarin. So I would like the dance lessons and the carriage ride. I don't need the $20,000 watch. So really what I'm looking at is about $1,800. So let's make that happen. (laughs) Honestly, I'd take my family's food
6: and dysfunction over every single food on that list. It sounded (laughs) awful. I like how you threw dysfunction
0: in there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what's dysfunction worth anyway we all have a price for for the family of dysfunction don't we
4: oh it's priceless, it's priceless. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me
2: tell you something Jimmy. how you get away from the dysfunctions you move across the country
6: yeah
0: <laughs> uh, all right what is coming that, up either. on today's show <laughs>
6: All right. On today's show, we have the creator of the viral new game, Equestrians Against Normalcy, which for anyone who's a fan of Cards Against Humanity, you'll just love this. Jamie and Glenn have a very special announcement about Radiothon. It is Crappy List Wednesday, and Jamie continues with The Opium Equation by Lisa Waisaki, giving us the second half of Chapter 12. It's a packed show, as always, today, guys. And speaking of today, today is Go For A Ride Day. How perfect
2: is that? So set your
6: spirit free and enjoy your wanderlust with a ride on your horse today. Pick someplace new and go for a ride.
2: Well, they probably meant motorcycles, but we're gonna yeah, turn we'll it to we're horses.
0: bicycles, but we'll stick with that.
2: <laughs> we'll go I'm, with that. I'm, I'm speaking to the audience. I know. <laughs> Did you know that three varieties of moose cheese are produced in Sweden? Yes,
6: and from moose milk. Get
0: it? From it's a real milk? thing. It's a moose. It I, is.
2: I actually think they 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 get it from elk, but they call it moose cheese.
0: Oh, is it from elk?
2: I bet elk are gentler than moose.
0: <laughs> they both seem like they'd kick the crap out of you.
2: <laughs>
0: hey, i got to ask you before we get to Daily Winnie's. Jamie, what was the most expensive meal that you ever ate at a restaurant? Yep. I don't know if she's there. So, Jamie, what was the most yeah, expensive here, meal here, you here. ever had? Oh, oh, you're back? Okay. What was the most expensive <laughs> meal you yeah. ever had?
6: Uh, you know, I was trying to think about that. And I, I'm i just so not a fancy pants girl. Anytime I walk into a fancy restaurant, I feel like the highs immediately start to form everywhere. And so I think the fanciest thing I've ever done was probably um, maybe an accidentally expensive sushi meal, or maybe like Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, where I think each person usually runs about nearly $100. That's probably the limits for me. And that's really, really rare. Jamie,
0: you lived in Atlanta where you must have gone to some expensive dinners in your radio days.
2: Well, I, I dated this guy who his favorite thing to do was to go out to meals. And he had the kind of car that, you know, when, when you, you have to valet it, they'd keep it up front. You know, one of those kind of guys with that kind of car. And he took me to a dinner at the Ritz Carlton. And again, vegetarian. I'm. I was a vegetarian back then. Take me to the Ritz-Carlton. It was two hundred fifty dollars. So broccoli still cro-
0: costs. Broccoli still broccoli. <laughs> hey,
2: well, like, why would you spend two hundred fifty dollars on vegetables? So anyway, we get. But everything is like done, and is like sauces that i can't pronounce and these cheese they bring over the cheese tray and there's like 400 <laughs> cheeses on this push carton and they had the dessert tray and then they had all this thing and they had oh we cook for vegetarian they bring it out you know they made this whole thing and at 250 a plate Ooh. i i'm very boring with food like i'll have spaghetti and i'll have this kind of pasta or that kind of I, i'm very boring so um they like, go to get the rental, go to get his car, you know, keep it up front. And I was like, oh, yeah, while you're waiting on your car, I go to run to the bathroom. And I vomited the entire meal <laughs> in the bathroom oh, of the Ritz Carlton. <laughs> so the Ritz had their dinner twice. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. I was like, oh, they're in the toilet right there. I thought you were going <laughs> to say you ducked
0: out on him. I thought that's what you were going to say. <laughs> it's even well, worse. Well, no,
2: but I pretty much ducked out after that. I'm like, hey, the girl with like puke in her <laughs> hair, you know, like getting in his fancy Mercedes. <laughs> like, that was really fun. Thanks. You had a mint. Yeah. You had a mint. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I think my it, didn't,
2: it didn't work out with that guy.
0: No, I guess not. Uh, probably, probably one date. I, I was trying to think of our. We took a couple of people out to dinner when, when I was in the business world, and we went. And this, you can get in trouble at these places at the, at a Spanish tapas restaurant. And oh, yeah. The problem is, you keep ordering and you keep ordering those damn little plates, and you keep passing them around. There were like six of us. It was eight hundred dollars by the time we were done.
2: And you're like, um, yeah. y'all go ahead, go get the car. I'll <laughs> yeah. be out in just a second. Yeah, I gotta
0: go you, wash dishes.
2: <laughs> you took out and ran, didn't you? Did you pay it?
0: <laughs> I did, no, I did pay it, but it was a shock. Because, again, it, it takes hours, and it keeps coming, and you keep ordering. And you get, like, one ounce of food in each plate for $20, right? Um,
2: Everybody go, 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 get out, go, go, go. <laughs> All right,
0: Daily winning Daily Winnie time. <laughs> Well, my Daily we, don't Winnie... recommend
2: that. we don't recommend
0: that, by the way. No. My Daily Winnie uh, goes out to our listeners, our hosts, our staff, our advertisers, everybody that really has helped build the Horse Radio Network into what it is. Obviously, Thanksgiving's tomorrow, and we're very thankful for all of you and all of what you've contributed and done, and, you know, just amazing auditors, too. We're going to talk about them in a little while here, and what they did last night um, just on their own. It was just amazing. So, you know, uh, and of course, you know we, we are the number one radio network for the horse world, and that's because of all of you. It's because of the listeners and, and uh, the amazing people that we have to work with, and Jennifer and I are very, very grateful. So thank you, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to all of you.
2: Well, since we are going to talk about it a little later, I'll just say my daily when he goes out to the auditors.
0: That's all Love we need guys. to say for that, don't we? And we will have a special announcement for you in about 15, 20 minutes. But first, (laughs) uh, somebody's getting snarky in the horse world.
2: (laughs) We've got Victoria Morrow on, who has a new, uh, I don't want to say a new invention, but a new game. She's invented a new game. Let's say good morning to Victoria. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Um <laughs> you have invented a new and for those who don't know, I am not that familiar with Cards Against Humanity. And it is a game and you guys have created an equestrian cleaner version of Cards Against Humanity. Well, we don't called- know if it's cleaner.
0: We don't know that.
2: Oh, it's, I, I I feel like <laughs> Victoria said you could play this at a horse show in front of people and nobody would be embarrassed. So, Equestrians Against yep, yep, normalcy. You can play it. Oh, okay, Okay. <laughs> So tell us about equestrians against normalcy, which is equestrian people anyway, but go ahead.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So well, one one of the things that we always enjoyed while we were traveling was playing card games because it was something easy to take to the long horse shows. Um, But there just wasn't anything that wasn't, that was geared towards adult horse people. You know, there's all the kids games and stuff. Um, And... One of the things we wanted to do was come up with something that, you know, trainers could do with clients, adult horse people could do with their friends. That would be fun for us. We give our horses a lot of stuff, a lot of things to do, so why don't we get to? <laughs> right. Um, hey, uh, hey, Victoria, so it, it, wait, it real, Victoria real, quick, Victoria, real quick,
0: Victoria, real yeah. quick, are you on speaker?
4: Uh, No, I'm not. I can, let me try to move to a different section. Okay, Hold
0: yeah, on. just... uh. Try to get a little better connection. Like speaker
2: here. of Bluetooth is that better? or something.
0: That's better, yes. Thank you. Okay.
2: Sorry about that. So keep going, keep going. Tell us that you there's nothing for <laughs> adult horse people at horse shows. Everything's all about the kids. It's like a card game. Where you're like, name the color, name the breed, what type of what body part right. is this. You know, and yeah. it's Yeah, got
4: the Briar ones. Exactly. Um, you know, and while it has the same game mechanics of Cards Against Humanity, Apples to Apples. I mean, there's been over the years like that. Um, It's geared strictly towards the adult rider. know, all the cards are horse-themed, you know, things that have actually happened to people in real life, you know, like having to shower in the wash stall. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or maybe that's just me. Nope, not you. (laughs) Uh you know and and while it's geared towards the adult rider, you know, the teenagers can play it too. The the biggest thing in it is, you know, some references to like drinking with the grooms.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Peeing <laughs> P- <laughs> P- P- <laughs> in the horse trailer has to be in there
2: somewhere. <laughs> it might be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is fantastic. Okay. So, you're sitting at a horse show and you're, you know, everybody's perched on hay bales and you've got these cards out as a parent, this is something that we can do in front of the teens and children that are around. Yep. You can do it in front of the
4: teens, the children, uh, trainers can do it with their clients and not be afraid they're going to offend them.
2: (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) You know,
4: so there's, it's all fun stuff in it. You know, there's no vulgarity or anything. Uh, Please, please, you know, please, 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 please you tell you me.
0: Please <laughs> tell me George Morris is mentioned on fifty of these cards.
4: Oh, he's mentioned on a few. Of them. <laughs> that that has been that was one of the biggest uh, hits for our test game was matching up the George Morris cards. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, how does one inv- design and invent a game? What where do you start? Ah, uh, well, I was I.
4: I started designing it while I was laid up from one of the latest surgeries I had had uh, from a riding accident years ago. Um, can't stand to be idle. So you know, decided I wanted to make something for, you know, at least the people around my barn and my clients, you know, to have fun with. Uh, so first step was coming up with a bazillion phrases, which was harder than you'd think. hmm <laughs> The the full set of all four decks has like
2: 550 cards. Oh, my gosh. How (laughs) drunk did you get trying to make stuff up? (laughs) Honestly, that
4: would be more when trying to design the box and yelling at the computer. It turns out (laughs) it doesn't help when you yell at the computer, no matter how much you yell. Gotcha. It still doesn't make the program work better.
2: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So did you have some people help you with this? Did y'all sit around the table, sit around your hospital bed? What?
4: (laughs) Well, I came up with all the phrases for the cards myself. Uh, I ended up having to ask a friend of my husband's for help in doing the typesetting on the cards because after a couple weeks of me just screaming at the computer, I gave up. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, I use the computer for buying horses and tack. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> you sound just like us. <laughs> so, you know, I've, luckily my husband's a computer geek, so his friends are computer geeks. So we were able to make the card design happen. Now, you know, if it wouldn't have been for that, this would have taken a lot longer. <laughs> I,
0: you have to be surprised at the reaction this has gotten virally on Facebook and okay. everywhere else.
4: Uh, very much it's 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 kind of gotten insane i had just started i figured i'd put the facebook page out there just to kind of get stuff going we didn't even have a website up yet um you know i had test games still being mailed out and then all of a sudden we went fr- from like 30 people that liked the page to 2500
2: <laughs> well you're at 4000 now i think yes
0: that's about to go up,
4: and lots of fielding
0: that's about fielding to go up of. again, by the way, Where so can
4: I buy it when can I buy it?
0: <laughs> so yeah, well, that is can a question
4: buy it? Yeah. yeah Uh we Yeah. Uh, we partnered with a game uh, card company that is they print they do the boxes uh, with our design and they do the cards and they just yeah you know, sell them online from that store. As soon as it's available, so there's no worry of it running out. Um, they've been fantastic in turnaround time mm-hmm. in making them and getting them sent out. Hmm. So you know, so since we're so small, we opted to go that way versus having to take money away from you know, find some more horses. Yeah, <laughs>
2: that's right, girl. And so, in bulk. <laughs> so where can people find them and get them, or how?
4: Uh, they, I'll post the link on the Facebook page, but it'll be at a site called the game crafter. Okay.
2: Okay. And we'll
4: have our shop, uh, open on there as soon as it's available.
2: And when is it going to be available? You won't
4: see it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm hoping, hoping to be able to make an announcement like next week for it, um, you know, the original goal was a lot further away, so we had to push stuff up, and we've been working around the clock.
0: <laughs> well, obviously, you to want to hit the to holiday season, happen. right? You want to hit yeah. Christmas, yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that's this is, great. you know, it's always fun when somebody takes something that's out there and just modifies it for the horse world, but does it in a good way. I can't wait to see this. So, well, that, that's, that, that's a good question. This could be a funny game to play on the air, too, Jamie. If we all had Amen. the cards and stuff, it could be fun to play with the hosts and maybe some listeners on the air one day. I, I think we could probably make that work, actually. We that f-
2: is going to be our holiday host episode, Glenn. Oh,
0: there you go. That'd be perfect. <laughs> and with all the references to George Morris, well, it's perfect. You
2: know, count me in. Shoot,
4: shoot me in. shoot me an address and we'll send you a uh, test deck.
0: Oh, that'd be perfect. that will be perfect. We'll we'll definitely try and make that happen so that we can do it on the air. This is great, and congratulations on you know thinking outside the box a little bit and making it happen. And I was looking at some of the cards. Actually, if you want to see a little bit more about it, go to Horse Nation. Just did an article, I think, yesterday on it. So um, head over to Horse Nation and take a look. But I was looking at uh, some of the cards, and you haven't released too many. I think you're holding back a little. Um, so and well, now one she's know, got a lot I of
2: work. Released a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. You got to do. You got a lot of work to do, but you have time to write another five hundred because you're going to have to have a part two. You should take submissions. <laughs> well, you know, the, if, if, if it goes well,
4: the plan is to eventually do, you know, discipline-specific uh, oh, decks to go that's with good, it. That's too. a good
0: thing. Yeah, that you would be know, good. So that
4: the Western riders can get in on it, The you know, the breed people, you know, because I, I, I will admit there's a lot of uh, eventing and dressage and hunter-jumper stuff
2: because that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's what I've, I know the most about. You need a Western version. Oh, my gosh. The possibilities are endless.
4: That's
0: the plan. I mean, yeah, you could do almost anything. The breeds, uh, you know, the AQHA alone, you could do a quarter horse version that would sell 200,000 copies. So, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. good job. Congratulations. uh, We'll post a link to it in our show notes as well. Where can they find it on Facebook again?
4: Uh, On Facebook, it's Equestrians Against Normalcy.
0: Is that how you say that? I thought it was normalcy. Normalcy?
4: Ah, uh, I've heard it both ways. <laughs> okay, good. Well, okay, hold on. That, that's kinda of why that's kinda of why we went with with normalcy, normalcy versus normality, because it's one of the lesser known and more abnormal ways of saying it.
2: <laughs> She's a hunter, isn't she? You're a hunter, aren't you? <laughs> I'm a hunter. <laughs> She, she shows hunters. I bet. Just, just trying to just no, be a little no. bit difficult. <laughs> e-
4: eventing. eventing. Okay. I'm one of those crazy inventors.
2: <laughs> oh, so am I. So, okay. So now I have to start calling it norm, normalcy, normality.
4: Uh, that's, that's at least how I say it. And a couple other people I've heard say it.
2: <laughs> All right. Like I'm said, in. I,
4: we wanted to go with the odd way of, you know, like I said, normalcy, ah, normality, and normalty is you know, are interchangeable. We just wanted to be
2: difficult. <laughs> All right. Well, since you're an inventor, I know I'll love the game because I, uh, there's going to be lots of eventing references. I love it. I can't wait to get the test batch. We're going to play it on the air, Glenn. All right. That'll I'm be perfect. It'll be perfect.
0: Thank you very much. We appreciate you joining us.
2: Oh, thanks. Thank Victoria. you for having me. All right. Take care. All
0: right. <laughs> it does look like fun. I'm on their Facebook page now and I just liked it. So I, I assume that's the best place to go when. You're going to see the announcement of when it's out. Yeah. Let's hope she gets it out for Christmas. She's going to miss a ton of sales if she doesn't. But
2: uh, Oh, I think she will. I, th- I do have to. I mean, my gosh, that is so perfect. There's 4,400 likes on her page. Th- those are people that are waiting, just waiting for their own game.
0: I think we could play this on the air now. We're all going to need the game. We'll all have to have the game, but I think we could do it.
2: I think so. Yeah, I, I think, think I think we could do it. Yeah. Hey,
0: uh, horselovers.com. You know what? They're having an early Black Friday sale, closeouts as low as $4. Head over to horsewear.com, and I'm telling you, I'm seeing breeches on here that are marked down from 145, horsewear breeches, from 145 to 50. They have the fleece jackets that horsewear and everybody likes from horsewear marked down from $109 to 20 so, I mean it goes on and on. The the Polo Nina breeches which are thirty dollars now down from a hundred and five. And you know that we're coming into Black Friday that Horseware is gonna have some deals and that's the place to go. But not only that, they have a coupon code for HRN listeners, just for our listeners. It's HRN at checkout. Just put it in the coupon section at checkout, and you get five dollars off your order of $49 or more, which you're gonna do. Yeah. I'm gonna who orders less than $49 at the shop. A, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the other thing is they have a whole bunch of custom stuff. Like they have Perry's handbags that you can get uh, engraved. You can get engraved nameplates on them. They also have their holiday deals of the day. So they have their holiday flash sales. And that's every day they have a special holiday flash sale where two products are at amazing prices. I'm trying to get to that to holiday deal of the day to tell you what they are today. And it's horsewear seasonal closeouts for as low as $4. That was the holiday deal. Uh, and then they also have the holiday countdown 50 days of Christmas section. And that's where they do a special different thing each day. And they're on day five now. Day six will be tomorrow. And you can go to the 50 days of Christmas section and you can actually see what each of the day's deals are. And you can get the extra $5 off like you need it uh, because it's already so cheap. But you can get the extra $5 off by just putting HRN in the coupon section. Anytime you order something, this holiday. Holiday horse lovers. Now, they are a huge sponsor of our radiothon coming up on Monday. This is the last show we're going to have on horses in the morning till Monday and then we're going to be 12 hours live on Monday and horselovers.com is a huge sponsor of that. We are going to be giving away $4,000 in prizes. The way you win is you call in that day. Go to holidayradiothon.com. The phone number is there. It'll be on all of our websites. You'll find the phone number on all of our websites to call in. We'll be repeating it over and over again. You listen live through our app or on on holidayradiothon.com, there'll be a player. All of our websites will have a player. So there's a bunch of different places to, to play it and to listen live. But you call in. Jemmy will be here helping Jennifer out. They'll be, We'll have 10 phone lines open all day. You don't even have to come on the air. You can say, I'd rather not be on the air and just enter to win. So those phone lines will be open all day. You'll have be entered in to win the prizes all day. And we have some amazing prizes. Stud Muffins is giving away a half a year's worth of stud muffins $250 worth to uh, one winner during the day we are you could win a Wintech saddle your choice of any Wintech saddle is one of the grand prizes at the end of the day and we've talked about Wintech a lot in here we have several on, and it's any Wintech saddle you can get the isabel you can get the you can get the all purpose whatever western whatever you want So you can get any, that's up to $1,200 value. WeatherBeat is giving away a package worth $500 of blankets for you and your horse and sheets and travel boots. Your dog. Yeah, your dog. Your dog and your horse can match. Yeah, it's just perfect. So you can enter to win, but you have to call in that day. The cool thing, Jamie brought this up the other day, is that you're going to be one of hundreds of people, not thousands, like when you enter to win anything else, like the Lottery. You play the lottery, you're one of millions. Here, you're going to be one of hundreds. Your chances of winning are pretty good. So we're giving away prizes all day long, over $4,000 worth of prizes. We have some amazing guests come on. We already interviewed for Radiothon. Stacey Westfall is going to lead the day. And she is just The nicest person, everybody. You're going to love this interview with her. She is the nicest person. And then her husband's coming on later in the day during her husband's hour. We have we spent a little bit of time yesterday because he couldn't do it live. He has to work. But Jared Rogerson is back. And why he comes back? I have no freaking idea.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but he was so adorable, and I tried not to objectify him because I have a massive crush. And I was—I thought I did pretty good. Yeah, you did, did do, do pretty okay?
0: good. Yeah, you—you you weren't as bad as usual.
2: Uh, Jer- I just just say that Jared and I we sang together. We sang together a little bit.
0: Yeah, you did. Um, you did sing together I a mean... little bit. I, I, you know, Now, let's just be clear. It is very evident who is the professional singer and who is Jamie.
2: I really can't stay. <laughs> Baby, it's cold outside. Now, <coughs> Baby, it's cold outside. So we want you all, you all to
0: join in. Let's make this the biggest, best Radiothon ever. And we have a very special announcement about Radiothon. But before we get to that, and we're going to get serious here for a minute, but before we get to that, I do have to share something with you. Jamie, are you here? I'm here, okay. So, you know, we were just talking about Jamie singing, and we pick on Jamie a little bit about her singing on the show. No, we pick on Jamie a lot about her singing on the show cause she sucks. <laughs> I don't
2: know what to pick on cause I'm amazing.
0: yeah, she just sucks. So
2: now, Glenn. <laughs> she does.
0: she sucks. so, and i I suck worse, so I'm allowed to say that. So now, there was a submission that came in, Jamie.
6: Oh, stop it. No, you not.
0: There's a submission that came in.
6: Gosh, Jamie, I see why you <laughs> grumble at him all the time now. I hate you.
2: Now I don't know what's going however,
0: on. However, I think that Jamie is also going to go, oh, God, another one that can sing. Because here <laughs> is Jemmy's submission that Ugh, she sent baby, in it's for Raymond. Hold
2: We should do that duet.
7: Hey, guys, it's your newest recruit, Jemmy, and I just have to give a big. Big love shout out to my boyfriend Scooter for this year's Radiothon. Here we go scooter the carriage pony with his big wiggly nose he was so quick to show me the horsey love i'd never known i drove all the way to ocala looking forward to nothing else certainly not glen's chili tasted as bad as it smelled Then one stormy Friday Eve, Irma the Hurricane made me hurry along back down south cause she was coming my way, no doubt. So I had to leave my scooter with carrots and a smiley face and a promise to see him for the holidays back at that HRN place, back at that HRN place happy radio thon everybody yeah i love you scooter
2: (laughs) well done (laughs) with me i I calling you so much
7: (laughs) (laughs) you so much when you didn't cover that
6: when you didn't bring it up in the pre-show meeting i was like oh thank god i wasn't gonna give him any ideas by mentioning it so thank god he's not gonna do it today and then you did it anyway
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's good though it's very well written and you can sing girl I hate you. <laughs> All right. Now let's hear Jamie's version of that song and we'll see the contrast.
2: Oh. <laughs> baby, it's bad out there. It's the baby, it's cold outside. I'm amazing. It, I don't Jamie. Know, I don't know why you keep trying to push me down uh, I I have, I have wings I am a bird and I need to fly
7: Demi, all you're missing is a sparkly dress and a microphone you got this girl
2: I got a mic girl give me the dress <laughs> you know what? You know what's funny is we did that um last night we did the live video and I so almost if I wouldn't have been riding five minutes beforehand I was almost going to like put on makeup and a, a dress and act like I just dress like that at home <laughs> I was like, I need to put on like a prom dress right now and just be sitting in front of the microphone with like dramatic makeup. Like, oh, I I'm like this all the time. All the time. I make dinner in a gown, ball gown.
0: <laughs> well, I gotta tell you, Scooter is looking forward to seeing you this weekend, Jimmy. He loves oh, the pretty girls. This. He yeah. really does.
6: And his wiggly nose.
0: <laughs> and his wiggly nose. And uh, the comment about my chili. I am not feeding you anything while you're here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Thank> God, God. <laughs>
0: So, Jamie, speaking of which we did last night, and to get serious here for a little bit, you know, we start when we started the Horse Radio Network. Ten years ago, now we, we weren't quite sure what would it, where it would go. We didn't know it would become the largest radio network for the horse world. We we had no idea that podcasting would. We were hoping podcasting would take off at some point, and now it has. So that's that's nice. But our listeners, many of them have been with us for since the beginning of this show, which was seven years ago. And one of the nice things that's come out of is the friendships that have happened. And uh, you know, Jamie and I pick I pick on her singing. We pick on each other, but we really are good friends. Uh, we couldn't do this. This show for this long without being good friends and we've made a lot of good friends along the way including with our listeners and the auditors i mean that's one great big family in there and we made this announcement in the auditor room last night first because that's the promise we make to the auditors is they contribute a little bit and they always get the information of what we're up to first so it's <clears throat> about three years ago well jamie ha- basically what's happened along the way is we've all seen a lot of things happen in our lives As hosts, and we've talked about them all here on the air. And one of the things that happened with Jamie is she had a kid. She had Lucas and uh, went through the whole pregnancy stage, which those that were listening at that time know that that was not pleasant for any of us. It was
2: so wonderful. (laughs)
0: It was not pleasant for us or Jamie, actually. Um, and then we went through having a young baby screaming on the show every day. Uh, yep. And, you know, we all survived and we got through it, especially Jamie got through it. And how she did that on some of those days, I don't know. I don't know how she focused, still did the show, still interviewed guests with a baby that was unhappy. I don't know how you did it, but you did <laughs> it. And I give you a kudos for that one. And, you know, and then you st- started talking about having another child and, and being pregnant again was off the table. Uh, it was pretty clear that wasn't going to happen. And you started talking about adopting, and that was about the same time, actually, that we started Radiothon three years ago. <clears throat> um, when we started Radiothon, I kept getting the question from people, well, what are you raising money for? Because Radiothons or you know, a-thons are usually charity-driven. Well, ours was just meant to have fun. Ours was meant to get a whole bunch of cool horse people together at Christmas, including our listeners singing songs and... Just having a good time for 12 hours on Cyber Monday. That was the only goal we had. And I think we achieved that. Last year, we had over 50,000 downloads. So, you know, it's become the holiday sensation of the season in the horse world. There's nothing else like it. So then a couple of weeks ago... Uh, Jamie has been looking through the adoption process and for the last three years, and really you've all lived through that too. We've talked about the ups and downs with that, but then tell everybody what you did a couple weeks ago and how we've come to today.
2: Well, um, what we're doing now is, is, is the ups and downs of the adoption process was it was going to be Ethiopia and then Ethiopia closed its adoption program and kind of had to start over again. And we decided to adopt out of foster care and Honestly, I thought we'd have a kid by now, but like, I thought we'd have a kid a couple months ago, but it's, it's not as easy as you would think. And trying to find the perfect match for our family has been harder than we thought. So I kind of thought that I would have another kid to buy Christmas presents for this year, you know, and so. After having talked to so many different agencies and so many different caseworkers and, you know, I I have my own caseworker here, but you the children have their own caseworkers. And after having conversed back and forth with so many, there is one child that we're really excited about. It probably is not going to happen. It's all the way across the country in Ohio. But I just wanted to (sighs) try to make this easy to say. I, I, I just. This child probably will never come live with us. I'm trying to set my expectations realistically probably is not going to happen, but I just could not think of that child sitting in foster care because the, his next meeting for his case isn't until January. I I just couldn't sit. I I wasn't okay with thinking about him and his siblings in foster care and not having enough Christmas presents, you know, foster families, Some of them do the best that they can, but it's not like they have all this extra money to go buying Christmas presents. So the thought of these kids sitting in foster care with their meetings not scheduled till January, that means they're going to be in foster care for Christmas. And it just made it real, really real to me. Well, I I think
0: the other thing, too, and we've talked about this off the air, not on the air. But the other thing, too, is you you have read the case files of many of these kids that you've considered adopting over the years. And uh, it's just horrible. Some of The, the things.
2: things that the children that are in foster care have been through, the only reason kids get removed from their parents is fear of imminent death. That is why they get taken away. It's not because, oh, this or that or this or that. It's fear of imminent death. And some of the things that happen to foster kids, because we we submit our homestead, we see a child online. And we submit our home study and then they send, if if they feel like we could potentially be a match, they send us their file. And reading the files of what has happened to these children is, like I see a good parent in a grocery store and I like walk up and thank them now. Because my faith in humanity is very low right now. The only thing that raises my faith in humanity is this this network and the show and being a part of this equestrian family that I'm a part of because the things that I've read and seen shouldn't happen to anybody, much less children. So the thought of these children sitting in foster care without Christmas presents was too much for me to bear. So I contacted this particular agency because I had a face, um, this little boy. And I said, I want to send presents to him and his siblings. And they were like, that's amazing. And then I started to think, we got to make this bigger. We got to, And, and I talked to them and, and found out that they have a, f- a fund that people donate to. And it's called the family fund and the family fund. And this is a place in Cincinnati, Ohio, random, tiny, uh, you know, random across the country agency. I contacted Arizona's agencies, but you know, you've got to find the right match for somebody who is hungry for help. And this organization was so passionate about me. They were so thankful that I called and wanted to help and wanted to be a part of it. And they just helped me kind of dream a little bit bigger. And so Hamilton County Job and Family Services is an agency in Cincinnati. And they have what is called the Family Fund. And the Family Fund it goes to buying Christmas presents for the kids in foster care. But it goes further, like say, oh my gosh, we have a surplus of money, which probably doesn't happen that often. They actually cover expenses for after school sports. You know, the kids, I think if they graduate from high school, they buy the cap and gowns for them. They, if they can't pay for a car repair, this agency helps them and it just helps them have more of a normal life. And so I just thought, let's make this bigger. Let's make this bigger than me buying Christmas presents for uh, uh, three kids. I want, to, I want to help the family fund. And, and thank God that this agency has that. Not all these no other agencies have something like this that I've No come Most across. of the ones
0: you talked to, they wanted to just send money to the, to the foster parents, and you wanted it to go directly to the kids.
2: Yes. And this, they actually have a board of commissioners on this family fund that makes sure that it goes to the kids and is legitimate. And, but the Christmas presents part, they take care of, like it's, this goes to buying Christmas presents for kids. And if they have extra money at the end of the year, it goes to other things. So there's more than just, it's just, there's more, there's more involved and these people care. And I just couldn't picture this sweet, baby sitting there after all they've been through, all these kids have been through and not having Christmas. It just wasn't something I could grasp. So um, we decided to make it bigger. So I came to Glenn and I said, can we? And he said, absolutely we can. So we have set up something for Radiothon and just to help, just to help these, these kids. Um, And the website, I'm trying to find it right now. It's youcaring.com. Slash Holiday Radiothon, and it's a way for us to donate to getting Christmas for these kids. And you know, I said, "I, Glenn, I want to set it at twenty five hundred dollars." He's like, mm, "That's too high. Let's set it at something realistic. Let's set it no, at." No, you wanted to set it
0: at a million dollars. Well, like I want to set it I'd at a million. Back you off from that. One, so. <laughs>
2: like, let's just keep <laughs> this thing open. A million dollars. Let's go. And you were like, no, it's realistic. So I tried to figure out like how many kids and how many, but like buying, you know, a good number was. And I came up with twenty five hundred dollars. And you were like, no, let's make it a thousand, ten dollars, you know, twenty dollars for fifty kids, a thousand dollars. Well, guess what? Guess what? We haven't even talked about this on the air, and guess what we're at right now because we. Uh, brought it to the auditors last night. We're at twelve hundred and eighty dollars.
0: Actually you're not. You're at thirteen hundred and fifty five dollars.
2: Oh my gosh, it's gone <coughs> up. You people are saying thirteen fifty five.
0: And oh that's gosh. just from talking to the auditors last night. What an amazing group and I want to thank all of you. That really is a family. If you're not in the auditor group, you really should be it's an HRN family and it truly is the responses and if you read some of these, we've had uh thirty-four of them so far uh, post in there and 89 of them share it on Facebook it just um, I'm always awed by how much they truly are a family
2: it's amazing oh my gosh you guys
0: so we're going to have to raise that because we already we didn't even announce it on the air yet and we're past what I thought. So what do you want to raise it to? A million? million me back dollars. to a million?
2: <laughs> 1 million. No, let's do the 2500. Let's put it at 2500 because that was my initial like trying to figure out how many kids and and a budget for the kids that are And we're talking in and we're going care. to
0: talk more about this in the first hour of radiothon. We're going to have the guy on from this organization and you're going to yeah. you're going to be blown away. This is they have 1200 kids at any given time. Time in foster care just in Cincinnati. They have yeah. 300 of them that are looking for homes, that are up for adoption and looking for homes. And it's just, you know, so if we can give a little bit of love to those kids who are in foster care, and Jennifer, you know, she had six foster uh, brothers and sisters growing up. You know, they had six at any given time. She knows the trials and tribulations of that, and um, she knows what those kids went through. So... You know, we talk about Monty. How many did they have? Like forty throughout 47. the time. Yeah, Debbie had like forty-seven of them throughout the years, and you know, it, it, and some work out great, and some don't, and it's just the way it is. But we want to help those that are there. They're they can't. They're not there because they chose to be there in foster care. So no. that's the other thing. They didn't choose this path. They were they were dumped on this path. So. um Go to youcaring.com slash radiothon if you want to contribute before a radiothon. We'd love to hit that $2,500 goal before we ever get to Monday morning. If we could well, do that, that would be wonderful. You know, that would just be something. And I'm very proud of you, by the way, for bringing this forward. And, uh, you know, it's your big caring heart that a lot of people don't see. We see it, but a lot of listeners mm-hmm. don't see that all the time. So thank you for bringing it forward. I'm proud of what you're doing here.
2: Thank you very much, and thanks to everybody who jumped on board you know this isn't this isn't like something you guys are going through like I am and you're not seeing all of it and you still open your pocketbooks and and I just want to say thank you to all of you. I really appreciate it. It's amazing
0: well that's the, that, so that's what we're doing. We're actually having a charity for this year for Radiothon, so we have an added impetus to have a little more fun on Monday and also to help some people along the way. Well, um we are not going to go and we're not going to uh uh do too much more in today's episode. And you know what? I was going to do a list next, but after that, the list seems kind of stupid actually.
2: <laughs> Can we play a song?
0: Um yes. You know what? I have a song for you. And we'll play this song before we read the book because you have to read the uh, that second half of chapter twelve. And then we'll yes, call. Yes, I need a moment. We'll call it a day. But uh, you know what? It is also a holiday for the Jewish people, and we have one resident Jew, and she sung us a song last year. And so Biz Stam is going to make an appearance again this year, and she si- she she has a new one for Monday too that she put together with her husband. But this was last year's version. It's called Horsey Jew.
5: <laughs> To be a Jew on Christmas, I'm the only one that's here on HRN. And Jamie Jenny would have just one thing to ask of me, but I couldn't come up with a stupid song that should pleased And I whispered, pleading, pleading, please, Leslie, don't fire me, cause I'm a Jew, a horsey Jew. On Christmas Now Hanukkah is nice But why is it That it comes without Those sweet candy canes And it's heavy And my horse is chewing on my sleeve And without the fuzzy sucking My stuff front looks quite empty And can somebody please tell me where to Yummy goes for horses. Yes, I'm a Jew, a horsey Jew. I'd be married.
1: your heart Near to us once more. Through the years, we all will be together if the fates of
0: Our friend Templeton Thompson. You can find her at templetonthompson.com. Good Lord,
2: if that doesn't put you in the holiday spirit, I don't know what will. (laughs) My God, I was crying over here. He's like, you want to do a list? I'm like... No, let's just end the show.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we want to wish everybody a very happy Thanksgiving. Remember, no show now until Monday morning at 9 o'clock. Please do join us for as many hours of Radiothon as you can. One announcement, too. uh, Thanks to Jemmy, who's on here with us. She's coming up to help Jennifer this year, which means that we don't have to wait until Tuesday to put the hours out. We're actually going to put... Every hour we're going to put out as the day goes on in the recorded version. So you won't have to listen, wait till Tuesday for the recorded hours to come out. So if you get behind or whatever, we're going to put them out on the Horses in the Morning feed and the Horse Radio Network feed as well. So you'll find them all on Horses in the Morning all 12 hours, and you'll also find them on the Horse Radio Network All Shows feed. So if you've subscribed to that, you'll find it. You'll find it on, on the on the Horses in the Morning website, on the Horse Radio Network website. So if you missed an hour, you can always go back and take a listen to it right now. Away and hopefully by 10 o'clock that night, all the hours will be out and Jemmy will be dying. (coughs) Uh, because (laughs)
2: yeah, you do realize he said 12 hours, right?
6: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I did, and then. I hit myself.
0: <laughs> and then yeah, she volunteered career. to come up, too, which was the other thing. That she, uh, I know. Yeah.
6: I just love you guys so much. Yay, team.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Said with such enthusiasm. <laughs> well, Jimmy it, uh,
2: Did he also tell you you're volunteering for this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't pay
0: anybody on Radiothon. Yeah, no. right. No, yeah, nobody makes any <laughs> money.
6: If I'm volunteering, I'm taking Scooter home with me. <laughs> consolation prize
0: well happy you know happy thanksgiving everybody enjoy your families and give your horses a kiss and a carrot from us and we look forward to seeing you all on monday and thank you so much for for spending an hour and a half a day with us we know that you could be spending it many other ways and we're just thrilled that you include us in your lives Love you
7: guys. happy thanksgiving everybody all right are you
0: ready for the second half of chapter 12 right
7: That's it.
0: The opium equation is the first of the Cat and Wright mystery series written by Lisa Waisaki. It features Cat and Wright, a Tennessee Appaloosa horse trainer, Darcy Whitcomb, teenager with a trust fund, Bubba Henley, a budding juvenile delinquent, and John Gardner, a mysterious barn manager. And of course, there's Sally Blue. Thank you to the publisher Cool Titles for allowing us to read this book. If you want to read ahead, all four books in the series are available in stores and online everywhere or at com. Chapter 12, Part 2
2: Carol waited until I drank the last of my hot chocolate and set my empty mug on the table. Then she said, I don't always look this bad in the morning. Our youngest has a bad cold and I've been up all night. For safety with the kids, Keith insists we keep keep all the heavy-duty medicines, the ones with codeine and stuff, locked in the safe in the basement. We don't use the medicines a lot, but when we do, it means I've got to trudge up and down all those steps. It's tiring. Like a number of entertainers, Keith Carson had a history with drugs, and the first thought that came to my mind was that Keith kept the stronger medicines locked up, not for the kids' safety, but also so that he wouldn't be tempted. He'd given up all the drugs, the partying, and the wild ways when he met Carol and was now committed to keeping the past, just that, the past. But we all had our temptations. Carol held her mug of cocoa close to her and blew on it gently. I assume that was Deputy Giles on the phone. He called me earlier and came right out and said that while Sheriff Burns thinks you killed Glinda with that twitch, he thinks Bubba did did it. I know you didn't do it. I need to know if you think it's possible that Bubba did. No, I shook my head. Bubba plays a lot of nasty pranks, but he's never done anything to hurt anyone, not on purpose, anyway. I'll admit some of his actions, like batting rocks at my truck, could have caused quite an accident, but Bubba doesn't think things through. He doesn't bother to consider the results of his actions. I agree, Carol said. We've had him play over our, with our kids several times, and I've seen him do things that do not turn out the way he intended. Bubba is an immature boy in need of attention, and he's not overly bright. But once you get to know him, there is a sweetness in him, and I can't imagine he'd hurt Glinda. But besides, he's always been in awe of her. So what do you think? Did he run away, or has something happened to him? I think she said slowly that he saw something or heard something that scared him. I think he's hiding, and if the police find him, whatever scared him has frightened him very badly, and he'll just run away again. She finally took a sip of her chocolate and raised an eyebrow in appreciation. Next to pizza, root beer, and chocolate chunk cookies, hot chocolate is the best comfort food in the world. I can't cook, so homemade pizza and chocolate chunk cookies aren't frequent visitors to my house, but I do make a mean cup of hot chocolate. Unless, of course, she added, looking me right in the eye, you find him first. Me? Oh yeah, get real, I laughed. Cat, I'm serious. You can't do this, and it might be a matter of life and death that you find him. Your life and Bubba's. You believe that, don't you? I ask, staring at the earnest expression on her face. Yes, I do. I don't get it. What possible good could I be to the police investigation? Screw the investigation. We all know that you're the only one in this whole neighborhood that Bubba trusts. That includes his so-called father. That man is about as useful as a trap door on a canoe. I'm convinced Bubba saw something. He has information about this. Information could keep both of you from being arrested. If you found Bubba, you could talk to him. You could convince him to tell you about whatever he saw or heard. and You could go to the police. Don't you think that would be a lot better than Bubba being so scared he kicks Sheriff Burns in the balls and runs away? While the thought of Sheriff Big Jim getting the stuffing kicked out of him was enticing, I agreed that it would be better all around if Bubba came forth on his own. But I was still skeptical skeptical of Carol's idea. What's all your interest in this, Carol? Bubba didn't stop by last night to have a little chat with you, did he? No. She put her mug down and took a deep breath. My interest comes as a friend and a mother. First of all, I don't want to see you wrongly accused. And secondly, what's more importantly, I can't imagine any of my kids outside in that awful weather, scared and lonely. I have four kids and a husband to take care of, not to mention work and several charitable committees. My time is limited with four young kids in tow and I can't go traipsing around town asking questions, but you can. And she continued, here's another perspective you've probably not had time to consider. As far as the sheriff is concerned, You were upset with Glenda. You found the body. You reported Bubba missing and the possible murder weapon was found on your property after you were seen going down to the river. Now put yourself in the sheriff's shoes. The entire county is mad at him and there's an election coming up. If you were the sheriff, what would you do? The train of thought was starting to sound like a broken record. Carol gave me a searching look as I pondered what she'd said. Maybe I've misjudged you, Kat. You have to realize that much of the evidence points towards you. I thought you cared enough to want to help save that young boy and save yourself. Maybe I was wrong. Now, wait a minute. I didn't say I wasn't concerned. Actually, I'm more worried about this than I'll even admit to myself. And I didn't say I wouldn't help. I just want to be sure I'm going about it the right way. I stopped for a moment. Did I just agree to try to find Bubba? I think I did. Besides, Carol was right. Bubba needed help. And I wasn't all that sure that there was anybody else who would be up for the job. Then there was the big Jim angle to consider. He viewed me as a suspect, and I didn't trust him not to arrest just anybody so he could wrap up the case. I didn't know who killed Glenda, but I did know I didn't want to be the one the police pointed their fingers at, and Bubba was the key to clearing up this mess. Okay, I said, I'll try, but I don't have any idea that I can help or not. The police will be covering this pretty thoroughly, and you're right in that I know Bubba better ma- me than they do. Maybe I'll come up with a plan. The tired look on Carol's face was replaced by one of uh, animation. Oh, thank you, she said. Now I can rest a little easier. I know whatever you do may not help, but I'm so worried about Bubba. At least I'll know someone's out there who has his interest in mind. I walked to the door thinking that Bubba deserved a lot more than a couple worried neighbors. The $64,000 question was, what? I didn't like the fact that my Twitch had shown up. The Twitch had shown up and Bubba hadn't. Deputy Giles thought Bubba had killed Glenda with it, then tossed it and went into hiding. But I didn't. Knowing Bubba, I thought it was a great deal more probable that someone had taken the twitch from him. Maybe I thought whomever took the twitch from Bubba had taken Bubba, too. And maybe, just maybe, Bubba wasn't in hiding. Maybe he'd been kidnapped. Or worse. That thought was just unpleasant enough to get me moving. By the time I got out to the barn, I was more than an hour late, and several of the horses showed their displeasure by stomping their feet as I gave them their morning feed. Petey and Bob both gave me looks that said, Finally, Gigi was racing around her stall, so I turned on the CD of waves crashing onto a beach that sometimes took the edge off her nerves. Two other horses, Chico and Dolly, a big dun-colored quarter horse gelding, and a mare who was a gated draft cross, Belonged to a guy in Kentucky who wanted some miles put on them for their upcoming trail riding season. Neither seemed particularly put out by the lateness of their breakfast, nor did Dondi's Dancer, an older bay leopard gelding of Agnes's. We compared, we campaigned Dondi in driving native dress side saddle and a few other less mainstream classes. Agnes's Sally Blue was another story, however. She was especially displeased, so I took a few extra minutes to rub her on the neck and talk softly to her as she started in on her breakfast. Sally never quite settled in to eat, though. Instead, she took an occasional quick mouthful and then walked to the stall door, stuck her head out to look east towards both Fairbanks and the rising sun. Her skin was tense, and she was as alert as I'd ever seen her. Did Sally actually sense what had happened next door, or was she just greeting the day uneasily? After Sally had eaten about half her grain, I left a long note for John. Then I made a quick run through the shower, swabbed on far more mascara than usual, and headed into Ashland City.